Welcome to Lightning Rounds. This is a podcast from Refuge Young Adults where we talk about culture and we talk about the Bible and life. You know, it's never a bad thing to ask questions. We all have questions in life and we hope that this podcast is a place where you can ask honest questions that you have that you're going through and hopefully we're able to give you some honest biblical answers. Maybe some funny jokes in between, you know, but ultimately we want it to be based in the Bible and in truth (laughs) and in Jesus. Zach, I'm half of the hosting team here. The other half is Andrew Newman. Bonjour. We found out um, your wife is French. I found yes, that out is. yesterday. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> Bonjour, honey. Bonjour. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually a little bit French, too. I think I'm like 18th or I something. I can see that. Yeah. I can see it in you. <laughs> it's the eyes. Yeah, it's the eyes. <laughs> Today's guest, he was on a previous podcast of ours um, we had, and this guy, he's our coffee muse, <laughs> responsible for designing. We talked about it a little bit. He designed, he built, and he's even teaching people how to use our brand new coffee cart. We welcome back Joel Ronsheimer. What a deal. Yes. Woo! What to the podcast. Do. Joel, just, you love coffee. We've been talking about this. I love talking about coffee with you. What's your favorite coffee drink? What's your go-to? Right now, go-to is a, uh, since it's hot and the AC's broken the building, <laughs> iced decaf latte, half heavy cream, half oat milk. Interesting. So that was you that put the heavy cream in the fridge. Love me some yeah. heavy cream, yeah. dude. I was, making, um, I was making a latte for someone last night at Refuge. And because the heavy cream and the whole milk, like pretty, they look exactly the yeah, same. Yeah. I poured him a full cup of heavy cream. No. It was so thick. He's like, I didn't even know. And he's like, "This is a little, uh, a little thick." And I was like, "Oh my." That's mice. Yeah. So. I, I, I think the milk has gone bad. Yeah. Nobody drink the milk. How do you tell when yogurt's yeah. gone bad? It's already bad. Okay. What about you, Andrew? What's your go-to coffee? Um. Uh, I, I can't do any milk. I don't know what it is, but my body rejects it and hates it. And so I'm an Americano kind of guy. Okay. Um, you know, Not even alternative milks? Not the, the almond oat? Nothing, just I can't like, do it. Even hemp, you know, like hemp milk, milk, milk from rope. I don't know what that <laughs> is, but I can't do it. So Americano, Kangaroo. coffee, iced coffee. Okay. Just the straight up, Amer- I think it's the American in me. You know, yeah. just yeah. that's all I want. <laughs> Americano. I, iced Americanos or iced coffee in this incredible heat and humidity. Yeah. It's been super fun. That's, yeah. That's you it. actually came up here with a hot Chemex, Chemex? Chemex. Chemex and coffee. <laughs> and we all iced it down. I decided. I'm going hot. Yeah. I think my go to is. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> What's your go to, Zach? <laughs> Uh, I think my go-to, too, is Americano. I don't know if it's just because it's cheap and I kind of live on the poor side. It's mm-hmm. just like a $3, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's the cheapest drink there. <laughs> um, but, gee, lately I've, um, yeah, just that and, uh, and cold brew, I've really been getting into drinking just black coffee and yeah. just tasting, with your help, learning, Joel, between, like, bitter and bright and floral yeah. Yeah. nodes of... Uh, Flora, Flor- uh, citrus, Flor- and 
Hey, speaking yeah. about cheap drinks, <laughs> <laughs> this cracks me up because I'm kind of a, you know, because again, especially since we have a coffee cart here, I have trouble paying for coffee now. And so, and I don't really go to a lot of coffee shops, yeah. but sometimes I'll swing by Starbucks, even though I don't like their coffee, but the heavy cream kind of makes there. it palatable, <laughs> right? And so, I love their heavy cream. Coffee's not bad. I think we all know this, deconstructing drinks. So yes. instead of getting a latte for a 545, I'll get, <laughs> I'll get an iced dopio. And then we're like, can you add a bunch of extra heavy cream? Sure. <laughs> so $2.40. There you go. Right. Just saying, I, you know, it might sound cheap, but... You got, you know, COVID, you got it. You, you got to feed the kids. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. It's true. Well, dude, Zach, don't you have a reputation? Zach has a reputation at our local coffee shop as Americano Zach. Yeah, that's right. Really? That's right. So he comes in there like, do you know Zach? They're like, Americano Zach? Of course I know Americano <laughs> yeah, Zach. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, the regular. The regular. Yeah. He has a Sadly, they don't know it's because I'm poor. That's why I want <laughs> yeah. Not because it's just. I always ask to refill the cream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Room for cream? <laughs> just give me the whole carton. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll open it up put the shot in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we're so stoked on our coffee cart. We've been using it for refuge, young adults, and they've loved it, you know, and it's. You know, and as everything's kind of slowly opening up, um, it's just going to be a blessing, man. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Awesome. This is super stoked on it. I know the women's conference had it, and they were just... Those women got their coffee on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the revived latte. The revived. That was amazing. Lavender. Wow. Lavender vanilla latte. Wow. Yeah. You, you made that happen. I, I put the... I just poured the shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They made it magical. Pulling shots and then, yeah, they made it magical for lavender. <laughs> cool. Well, um, for today's segment, we're kind of taking it a little uh, back to our childhood roots, yes. you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, last podcast we had Quincy on and we kind of t- had this great conversation. I kind of wish it would have gone a little bit longer about what it means to be childlike in our faith, you know, how sin causes us to grow old and all that fun stuff. And Quincy... You're listening right now. Here's a, here's a little shout-out to you right now in Maui. We miss you. Um, but today's segment is, you know, kids ask some pretty funny questions, you know? Yes. Kids ask some pretty funny questions. So we have three questions here that are pretty funny. Um, questions that kids ask their parents, and their parents tweeted them out and got a couple laughs on them. And so I think maybe we could read some of these and just kind of, Talk about hey, what if this is your kid that asked this? How would you respond? What what would what do you think was going on in their mind when they asked these? And so um, why don't why don't you start it off, Joel, and then we'll kind of work our way around. Right on, right on. Uh, so this one says, my three year old asked me if quesadillas grow on trees, and I was like, not yet, girl. But dream big. Dream big. <laughs> yes. I like it. I like it. <laughs> That's good. I wish they did. You know what? I think quesadilla is Spanish. Like It means like little girl, like little cheese girl. Little cheese yeah. girl? Uh, it's like something along that. Sorry if... I believe it's for actually... My, for my Latino it's Texan? Friends. I believe it's Texan and it's quesadilla. Oh, that's right. Quesadilla. Napoleon? Oh. Armadillo's, <laughs> armadillo's cousin. It's, it's an armadillo's cousin. It's a cheesy armadillo. <laughs> oh my goodness. That makes sense. Cheese. Yeah. yeah. My daughter went through a quesadilla phase where she learned to, you know, they learn to cook and it's first like, oh, I want to make eggs. 
But there was a year where she's just like, the tortillas were missing from her house and cheese. <laughs> Blocks of cheese. Yes. And I was like, well, she's feeding herself, so. I'm still in that phase. Um, um, me too, me too. I love it. Yeah. Speaking but, of cheap. I mean, I, I mean, if they grew on trees. <laughs> so. I'm planting like that. Okay, <laughs> here's what I like about this one. The little girl's thinking this would be great and it's just, it's possibilities. Yeah. She's like, yeah, what? Yeah, that'd be, why not? Yeah. I mean, for her, she didn't know where they come from. How cool is that? <laughs> Things that we don't know where they come from. You don't know where anything comes from when you're a kid. It's yeah. true. Which is kind of awesome in a way. Yeah. Because then, you know, I don't know. I like the parents' response. Like, <laughs> just dream it. Just if you dream it, it, you can do it. You just watered <laughs> that seed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't give up. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> inciting hope within the child. Okay. Uh, so, the second, you want to yeah, go the second go one? Ahead. All right. Second one is... My son just asked me if I'd pay to watch his stuffed animals fight. <laughs> fight Club. First rule about Fight Club. You don't talk, you don't about, talk about Fight Club. Stuffed Fight Club. Stuffy, <laughs> stuffy Fight Club. Dude, that's great. Welcome to uh, MMA of the stuffed animal hey. realm. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a YouTube channel of just stuffed animals fighting each other. Really? Probably. We could look it up. But. How old's a kid? This is the kid. You know you have one kid? The Membrane Bunch is always great. Hey, can I get an advance on my uh, allowance, Dad? <laughs> There's always one kid that's interested in making money. Or how, like, how old is yeah, this yeah, kid? Yeah. How could I make some extra cash? Yeah, none of the other kids think like that. There's always yeah. one kid. Would you pay? <laughs> You're paying pay to fight. Yeah. yeah. What have you been watching? It's always like my son, I'll ask him, like, hey, can you get this out of the garage? He's like, well, how much do you think you'd pay me to do it? I'm like, <laughs> how about you continue to breathe? How about that? You like that little deal? <laughs> Uh, do as I say. <laughs> the real question is, would you pay to go to a stuffed animal fight? Mm. I, you know, I, I think I would. I, I would. <laughs> Depends on how big the stuffed animals are. Would it be like people inside, inside those giant stuffed huge. animals? <laughs> yes. From Costco, like yes. in a giant bear Straight stuffed animal. Just E, just <laughs> arena, yeah. arena style. Yeah. Yes. I like it. Oh, man. Things There's just, things just got weird. Yeah. Again, dream big. Dream big. dream big. We learned nothing today. It's a dream. dream you got to dream big. You got to dream big. Oh, last question here. It says, my three-year-old son just asked me, can you take me to the Vampire State Building? <laughs> yeah. Vampire. That's good. Like, uh, son, I think that's one we're going to skip on the, on the uh, New York to-do list. <laughs> yeah. It's the last time you watched Twilight, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Neither is Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the haunted mansion or haunted. What's that? The drop at Disneyland, the the, the house. Tower of Terror. Oh, yeah, Tower, Tower of Terror. Terror. Yeah. Yeah. But kids, it's, when we were little, we were afraid of everything. But now it's like, yeah, bad guys. Yeah. Kids yeah. are like, oh, it's just part of the deal. It's just part of the deal. I'm scared. It's just part of life now. I'm scared. My kid's like, that's cool. What? I was terrified of that. So desensitized. What happened? Vampires are actually shiny yeah. and glittery. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> you get the most romantic relationship if you just could find a vampire. Like, uh, what has happened? Yes. Yeah. Things used to be normal. You know <laughs> <laughs> Even zombie movies. You remember zombie movies? Like zombies yeah. move slow, and like you could get away from them very easily. I mean, it's a dead person. Yeah, and so they would just kind of like slowly, like slowly make noise, and they would move. Yeah. 
the zombie movies of today, like they sprint like fast. If been like, work, yeah. like if they've been working out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like jacked. Yeah. They're very protective of things. You're like, yeah. What changed with technology has actually yeah. progressed? Like, I just don't understand how fast now they can run as a dead person. You're like, <laughs> where did that? Doesn't make sense. Someone was watching a zombie. You're like, you know what would make this better? <laughs> if they were fast. <laughs> More exciting. People are used to slow zombies. It's 2020, human. Speed it up. (laughs) I like my food fast. Yeah. My zombies fast. (laughs) Zombies caffeinated, basically. (laughs) Oh, good. Anyway. Kind of leading into our questions for today that you guys sent in. Is there a dumb question? Well, I mean, we read three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Dream big though. Dream, dream big. big. Dream big. Keep dreaming. You know. <laughs> you know. I. But I. I think it's. You know. We in in life. We all have questions. We all. We all come to that place where, you know. Even maybe some of us listening today are. You're wrestling with um, questions about the future. Questions about what you're dealing with. Questions about your past. You know. And I think that if there's one thing that um, we want to get across, even through with this podcast, is that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to ask honest questions. As a Christian, walking in your life with the Lord, you don't have to have it all together. You know, it's okay to not be okay. With with that, um, I think it's good to recognize that. You know, we talked about this. If, if you come to our young adults group on Thursday nights, we just started the book of 1 Corinthians. Hey, yo. Hey, and, um, together. Yeah. Small plug. Come on. Come on down. If you're, if you're in San Juan oh. Capistrano, where the... If you're in California, where the salmon flock, like if you're in California, you need to you, get here. I've seen y'all. If you're in Kentucky, the and you want to come to California, yes. specifically we Kentucky, get there, brother. Come to California. We have a couch that you can sleep on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a dog you can cuddle with too. Um, yeah, it just as as a as a believer, I think sometimes you can kind of get to this point where you kind of feel like you have to have it all together, you know, like, mm-hmm. can I ask, like, honest questions, things that I'm dealing with, you know, um, or am I supposed to, in a sense, is my life supposed to be perfect, you mm-hmm. know, that, um, and, you know, we're, we're, we were learning that last night, and Andrew was teaching on that last night through First Corinthians and the intros that, you know, hey, life is messy, church life, it's messy, people aren't perfect, Paul the Apostle wasn't perfect, he, you know, he knew he, he hadn't attained yet, and so... Mm-hmm. We're, we're really grateful for the questions you guys ask and you, the questions that you guys send in because they are honest questions and we never want to um, poke or joke about any of these. It's okay to ask these. But mm-hmm. this first question that um, came in is um, asks, how do you deal with constant doubt and how to move past it and what has been your motivation each day during COVID quarantine season? Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I love that question. I think it was, again, it's it's super honest. And I, I think, you know, you, you told me yesterday, and I kind of wrestled with it. And um, and there's two parts of it. Doubt can be, again, without COVID, there may just be doubt as far as, you know, just your, your walk and your life relationship with God. And then, again, moving into COVID, you know, depending on the, where the, 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 the listener is asking from, it may be intensified right now during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I think that COVID is just... What really rang true to me was that COVID is just kind of a storm in all of our lives. And what happens is sometimes it's easy to um, 
you know, when you when you're on the beach and it's it's just the sun's out, you're chilling, you've got your yeah, your boba next to you, and Jesus is on the <laughs> Jesus is on the chair next to you, just sunning. You know, boba. that's pretty easy, and you don't you don't really have doubts. You're like, yeah, it's cool. And then when a storm comes, right, like Peter on the waves, mm. that's when it shakes up your faith a little bit because the circumstances around you. No. So for me, like doubt, uh, doubt and faith are opposed. So if there's doubts, that means it's you know your faith is is waning or you've got questions. And so for me, um, straight up, it's kind of like Peter on the waves. You're either focusing on Jesus, and as you do that, and and sometimes it's easier. But yeah. When the storms come, it can pull your focus off Jesus to your circumstances. So mm-hmm. immediately there's you, you can start to doubt because you're looking at what's around you. If that makes sense, that's that that was my take on it. So mm-hmm. especially during COVID, it's very easy. To look at what's around you, mm-hmm. but again, Jesus and His His Word keeps us focused, and it's never about what's around us. Like He's constantly talking in the Bible. Again, mm-hmm. we can bring up some verses here um, about where your focus is, and 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 that will it just kind of you're growing one or the other. You're looking away from Jesus, and your doubts growing, or you're looking at Jesus, and you're doing those things that put you back in solid hope because we have amazing hope, and hope is not a wishy-washy word. Yeah, and I think as a Christian, it's okay to doubt. Um, It's, you you know, you're not an Mm -hmm. apostate. You know, you're not, like, banished from, um, you know, the church for um, dealing with doubt. You know, I think, I mean, you look at stories throughout the Bible, and it's filled with people who doubted. Mm -hmm. People who were faced, like you said, Joel, faced with real life, with real life circumstances, um, hitting them, real issues, um, whether it was externally, um, circumstances, or even internally, too. And I, I think sometimes internally those those attacks sometimes are the hardest because it's not necessarily like, hey, brother or sister, can you pray for me because I'm about to get kicked out of my place or, you know, I have to find mm-hmm. a new place to live or I'm dealing with a breakup or, um, and it's, and, and there's that, oh, okay, there's that externally, you can see it. But when you deal with it internally, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to express that because, you're the only one that can feel it. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a personal attack from the enemy. Mm-hmm. And, and man, when the enemy gets in your thoughts, sometimes, it, you know, I mean, the Bible talks about, you know, taking captive our thoughts and, and mm-hmm. um, the things that we think because they can go to places that, um, that can cause us to sin, that can cause us to, you know, um, to doubt and reject God. But um, I'm just so encouraged by the fact that as a Christian, doubt is just, it's something that we deal with. It's something Mm -hmm. that we wrestle with on this side of eternity, you know. Um, Probably one of the famous doubters in the Bible, it it was his nickname, is uh, Thomas. And Andrew, you know, we we taught, or or you taught through um, the Gospel of John recently, you know, Mm -hmm. and took you about... Two, three years, three. To two and a half years to get through it. <laughs> yeah. What, what, you know, what, what would you, what are some things about Thomas and, and the way that Jesus dealt with Thomas that, and his doubt? That... Yeah, I think, um, you know, a working definition of doubt is a lack of confidence in, in the Lord. And so with Thomas, which what was so cool is that, he lacked confidence in the fact that Jesus actually did what he said that he would do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that is something that has taken place since the beginning of time. 
that Genesis three is the first time that we see doubt. It's um, you know they doubted whether or not God would do what He said that He would do um, when Satan says, like, "Did God really say?" And so they begin they begin to doubt like whether or not God would do or fulfill what He said. Um, but I love the story of Thomas is that even in his skepticism and in his doubt, like Jesus didn't push him further away. In fact, he appeared to him again. And he and specifically came to him and said, you know, let me give you some kind of assurance here. Here's my, here's everything that you said that you wanted to see, like my side, here's my hands, um, you know, um, here are my scars, like look, look into the wounds. And that was something to give Thomas that, that what he needed. And, and God is good to give us what we need in times of, of doubt. But um, I think the remedy for doubt from Jesus is to address it, not to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And I think so many Christians that we, we have doubt, but we avoid the conversation of, of like, man, I'm struggling with, with confidence and that God's going to do what he says that he did or, or that this is the way of salvation or whatever. Like it's okay to have those conversations, but I think a lot of people shy away from them, but Jesus never shied away from conversations that would lead people to a greater faith in God mm-hmm. or, in a greater relationship with God Mm -hmm. when dealing with money, like Jesus didn't avoid the conversation. He talked about it and, you know, brought truth into it. So, yeah, that's a really cool. That's a really cool thing to notice about Thomas is that Jesus welcomed his doubt. Yeah. You know, um, he was welcomed in that he, you know, God didn't shy or shun him away or run away from his doubt, you know? And I think that's true for, that's true for us when we doubt and the questions that we, um, that you know that might come of our in our minds of our faith um it's it's i like what you said andrew it jesus saw that as an opportunity to grow deeper in your faith Mm -hmm. you know he didn't see that as like a necessity like like a weakness but he saw that rather as hey this is an opportunity for your faith to grow Mm -hmm. yeah and i think looking at doubt that way as like hey this is real i don't want to avoid it i want to address it um but I want to take it to the Lord. I want to be like Thomas and I want to, you know, fall at his feet and, and see with my eyes. And, and, and I think, um, you know, I think that's an important remedy. Like we're talking about, like, how do you move past out? Yeah. How, how do you move past it? You know, like, you know, we can kind of go into that. Yeah. Um, what are, what are some maybe personal things, maybe personal things you've done in your life? What are some things in the Bible that you see that, um, well, just that, just the secular view of doubt, like if you look at humanism, humanism says doubt is essential to life. So doubt everything, right? Um, question everything. Buddhism, the founder of Buddhism says that doubt, he said specifically, doubt everything, find your own light. Which is funny, if we're to take their advice, then we're to doubt what they said. It's just funny. Anyway, but the remedy to doubt is faith, like we said, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans mm-hmm. ten seventeen. And the word of God gives testimony to the works of God in the past and then gives us reason to trust in the present. In um, you know, Psalm 77, 11, it says, But then I recall all that you have done, O Lord, and I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. It was to give him, um, you know, David's looking at what God has done and how God had been faithful. And although he was doubting of the insurity of his life, he's, he said, well, you know, recount the things that you've done and it's giving me confidence uh, for the present uh, of what you're going to do. But I think to move past it or to, um, to have victory over doubt, I think one of the things we need to do is exercise faith. 
And the story that, that came to mind was the woman who had the issue of blood. Mm -hmm. And she said, like, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, mm -hmm. um, I'll be healed. And in, in that moment, everyone was touching Jesus and they weren't healed. But her, her experience was her faith was exercised in a way that she fought to get to a place of like, mm -hmm. I'm going to exercise yeah. this belief. And when she grabbed his garment and she got to that place, she was healed. And Jesus even said, like, my power has, has gone out for me. Like, who touched me? Um, and so I think the remedy for doubt, if you're doubting, are you exercising your faith? Like, are you actually allowing it to be used? Are you putting yourself into situations where your faith is being um, progressed in the sense that you're using what you believe or you're putting it to action? Or are you sitting back and just saying, like, doubting everything? Because if you're just sitting there doubting everything, then you're not doing anything, then yeah, you're going to be overcome by doubt all day long. But you got to move forward and, and put faith into action mm -hmm. and to watch it work. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that what we want is like this picture of surety out in front of us so that we know like what the next step is and we can see it. That's not faith. If that's faith has an element of uncertainty to it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's called certainty, right? Mm -hmm. We don't yeah. have faith. That's why when we get to heaven, we don't have faith anymore. We have the assurance in front of our face. We have Jesus. Faith is something, it's, you know, it's believing in something that we can't see, but we have the assurance that it's true. We have evidence of it's true. Um, but there is an element of something that we can't see, and that's why we have faith. I think that's part of the definition of it. And so in order to like move past what you're doubting, you have to use your faith. You have to exercise. It's like a muscle. It has to be mm. used. And so I think so many instances in the Gospels where people um, exercise faith when Jesus said, if you will believe, mm -hmm. right? And they did. And what happened is, is mm -hmm. what Jesus said happened. And so um, even the guy who had the, the sick um, servant, the centurion, who's like, I don't need you to come to my house. I know that from a word you can heal. Mm -hmm. And Jesus marveled at mm -hmm. that kind of faith mm -hmm. that he believed, even though he couldn't see it, he believed it. And, and there was something to that. And so like, um, I would say for someone to move past it, are you exercising your faith? Mm -hmm. Like, are you just sitting back doubting and thinking and questioning everything? Or are you actually, you know, putting it to action? I love this idea that that doubt, and again, I, I think I'd also call it your faith being challenged. That mm -hmm. that doubt is simply uh, a door for growth. You know, we should never look at it as oh, I'm doubting as a bad thing, which we do a lot because we love to be critical. I think that Jesus, on purpose, like like Andrew just said, through the Gospels, on purpose put his disciples and anyone who wanted to follow him in positions where they were challenged and their faith was challenged, right? So they automatically doubted. And if you've seen any athlete, an athlete never got that good by never being challenged. That's yeah. true. So you run track and the coach is like, I want you to run this next mile in whatever, eight minutes and 14 seconds. And you're like, I've never run a mile in that. But what are you going to do in your head? You're going to go as fast as you can to see if you can really do it. And one day you do it and you're blown away. You're like, I didn't know I could do that, but you didn't know it until you were challenged. Mm -hmm. And so again, if someone is doubting, I, like you said, I think the way that I've gotten past it in my life, just hitting those, those spots like a storm or something where it's just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. You know, I've never been this way before. Whatever it is, one, you have to remember that Jesus has put you there in that position so you can hold on to him. Like he's your hope. 
And that's something that, again, you look around, it's just like, yeah, it can get, you can, you can doubt pretty easy or start to lose hope or, or get confused. But um, I like what Hebrews uh, 12, uh, 12 says, and Hebrews 12, 1 through 4, but in, in 2 it says, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings uh, so, so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And here's a part of like looking unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So he had this big challenge, too. He's like, you know, we look at his life, and you're like, okay, he had, in, he had to go to the cross and die. Um, but again, it was a joy before him, and he's our, he's the author and perfecter of our faith. So one is, again, back to focus. Well, where are you looking? And sometimes it gets to the point where um, all you can do is hold on. Yeah, we've been there. <laughs> it's like, man, this is the hardest week or the hardest two weeks or the hardest month or, or maybe some issue. Maybe, uh, you know, someone has passed away or something and you're like, it's dark and all you can do is hold on. So if you're, I, I like to say, if you're at that point listening, um, sometimes all you can do is hold on. And that's not a bad place to be. Um, Philippians 3.14 says, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of Christ and, um, uh, and Jesus. And then he goes on to say, like, I hold on to him or I hold on to, to my eternal hope for what he's already laid hold of me. He's already laid hold of you. Sometimes all you can do is hold on. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's not a lack of faith to hold on. Because if you think about when the disciples had Jesus in the boat and the storm was going on, it took them a long time to go lay hold of him and say, hey, you help us, you know. And just don't forget, like, now we have Jesus in our boat with us. Mm -hmm. We forget so often that we have the, mm -hmm. um, the creator of the universe, the God of, of, you know, the ages in our boat with us. Mm -hmm. um, and he lives inside us with his spirit. And so sometimes he's just, just waiting for us to learn to, to call on him faster, you know, to get a hold of him. Um, so hold on. And then, like, like Andrew said, um, stay in the word. And, and also, like the verse just said, uh, lay, lay aside those weights that are holding you down. Because it'll keep you from from walking the, the walk of faith. So if there's if there's sin, if there's anything in your life, that's kind of a no-brainer. Just get rid of it. Um, let go and ask Him for help to get rid of that. Because when you're pure and clean, it's again your mind will be renewed and yeah. it's easier. So yeah. yeah, you know I've always been encouraged that Jesus even said that it's the faith the size of a mustard seed mm -hmm. that moves the mountain. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, Joel, sometimes that's all you have. And, some, and sometimes we can think, man, I don't have such great faith. I'm doubting this. And, you know, and, um, you know, our pastor here, Pastor John, he always says, you know, how thankful he is that God didn't say it's faith the size of a mountain that can move a mustard seed. Mm -hmm. But he mm -hmm. said it's the small faith that, that does big things. It's that, mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, man, you're clinging on to that small faith and that's all you have. Well, take heart, Christian, because small faith can do big things mm -hmm. because it's not the size of your faith that matters it's who you're putting your faith in mm -hmm. and that's your faith in a big god your faith in a god who loves you a god who died for you a god who has a future and a hope laid out for you you know a god who will one day make all things new and um and he's working all things together for good in your life behind the scenes and so trusting and laying a hold like even you were saying too andrew just um Laying hold to that, to that, to that faith. Laying hold um, to that, whether it's just exercising it. Man, God, I believe if you just speak, God, I believe if I just held on to your the hem of your robe, you know, and and exercising it. I think yeah. sometimes we can read it, and we're like, that's cool, and we don't live it. We don't put it out. But I mean, yeah. you guys said it so well. You guys said it so well. You got to exercise it. No one mm -hmm. who is an athlete who is great ever got great because they 
lived a comfortable life. Yeah. <laughs> a, a life without discipline, a life without challenge. Yeah. You know, and I think God, and I, and I think, I feel like that's kind of the theme right now that we're seeing through this is doubt is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a doorway to deeper faith in God. Yeah. It's a, it's an opportunity for God to move in a big way in yeah. your life. I remember Chuck, uh, Pastor Chuck Smith, he was teaching on the woman with the, the woman with the issue of blood, and then two like the, um, oh what was it? Uh, it was uh, the sweatbands thing in the book of Acts where <laughs> Peter getting healed from sweatbands from the Apostle Paul and things like that, and Peter and his shadow and things like that. And you're like, it's so it's so interesting and weird, like you know a shadow or a sweatband like Peter <laughs> getting healed. But what he was saying is that there is such power in a point of contact for faith. And so, f- it, and so for her, the woman with the issue of blood, her point of contact for the release of her faith was grabbing onto the hem of, of the garment. It wasn't that the hem of the garment was powerful. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that when she grabbed hold of it, that was the release of her faith. Mm-hmm. Um, for people, when they, they had faith that in the God of, of Peter and Paul, and so when the sweat band came upon them or, or the shadow was cast over them, this was a point of contact for their faith to be released. And even Chuck was saying, which I, he's like, I don't understand. Like he was like, I don't understand what that is, but it's, it's a powerful thing to have a point of contact and where faith is released. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you have doubt, what is that point of contact where your faith is, is being released? Like, it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do, you know, whatever God, you're leading me to do this. Your word tells me to do this. So I'm going to, by faith, do what your word says. And that, that point of contact for faith to be released. He said, it's a powerful thing. I always remember that. Like, okay. Like, yeah, you could sit back and be like, if I grab that, that's not going to work or whatever. Right. All of us have that. And even James says, if you're praying with doubt, you're setting yourself up yeah. you know, like for failure. Yeah. yeah. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. Yeah. Um, and so there, that point of release of faith was, uh, he says a powerful thing. So that's, I don't know why that just came back in my head, but that's good. Yeah, for sure. I think the hardest part of sometimes doubt and faith is, Oh, is, um, the waiting part. Mm-hmm. Cause we have to remember that waiting is also one of his, his challenges. And yeah. that's, and again, sometimes you don't get an answer. Sometimes it's, it's dark for a while. And then again, waiting produces perseverance, perseverance, pers- you know. Yeah. And, and that's just, I love those verses yeah. because it, it, those are hard. But again, sometimes that holding on and waiting longer until he shows you. Or yeah. he, but he does. He's always faithful. That's what I love about God. Yeah. He's always faithful. Um, but if you're, in a, if you're in a season of waiting, especially like through this COVID thing or waiting for a job, know that that is producing something in your life. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't forget about that. It's like Mary and Martha when they're waiting for Jesus to come heal their brother. Yeah. And they're like, okay, he's still alive. Like, it's still okay. Jesus still has time to heal him. And then when he died, they were like, ah, that's it. Like, yeah. It's, it's over. If you had only been here, they say, mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. then you could have done something. And, and Jesus just like, what? <laughs> watch, watch this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and calls the dead back to life. You yeah. know, it's like, that is that hard part of waiting. And if only if you get here now, like there's a short window. Right. And it's like, well, what if that window closes? God can still do something. It's beyond what you thought he could do. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I mean, to kind of play on to what that question went on to say, you know, motivation during the season. We've been living in a season of waiting. Mm-hmm. We've been this whole year has been a season of, you know, globally, when is this all going to be over? 
when is um, the world going to be quote-unquote normal again and um, sometimes it can be hard to like find your motivation for like each day <laughs> you know for some some of you maybe you're listening and some of you are like I work from home and I'm home mm-hmm. and then I wake up tomorrow and I work from home and I'm and it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> finding your motivation find and you deal you wrestle like we we're saying that challenge of doubt of like Lord when maybe when when are when are you gonna provide this in my life well I'm looking for a, a new job I'm looking for you know, a helpmate, someone to, to eventually marry them, um, you know, or this, or a promise that God gave you. And, and um, you know, a really, a really close friend of mine um, wrote me a letter recently and, it, and man, it, it blessed me, but at, at the bottom of it, signed, was this verse in Lamentations, and it says, in Lamentations 3.24, it says, The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him mm-hmm. and to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can see waiting in the doubt as like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. As like, man, God, you're wasting my life. You're wasting me. Like yeah. I'm being like, but time spent waiting on the Lord is never a waste. Right, right. It's never a waste. Right. Yeah. That God is, like this verse says, God is good to those who wait mm-hmm. upon him, who quietly wait for his salvation, mm-hmm. who, who wait, who hope in him. And, um, yeah, um, I don't know. What about you guys? What's been your motivation kind of through, throughout um, what's been kind of going on? What's, what's, I know that for, for us, we're husbands, we're family guys, you know? Mm-hmm. And so our family obviously is a huge motivational part. You know, I don't know what I would have done in this quarantine season if I didn't have Judd, because mm-hmm. he was so entertaining the entire time. <laughs> I was stuck in my house. I was like, yeah. it was just awesome. Okay, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Um, most of our listeners, they're young adults. Mm-hmm. Some of them are single. Some of them are dating. Some of them are engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, what what motivation could you give to to them as as we continue to wait and we continue to see this. <laughs> Crazy year play out. <laughs> Gosh, it's like I can't believe it's August. You know, it's like time doesn't really exist anymore. You're like, oh my goodness, football season should be starting, and you know the greatest time of the year, football season. Um, it should be beginning here, and and we're just still watching basketball. You know, in a bubble, in a bubble, which is just like they're not even motivated to play. You know, it's like. That's all we wanted was to play basketball. Now they're like, ah, no, nah, no. Nah. But um, I think, like you're saying, like being stuck in the house with my four kids and our dog, it was so much fun. And um, I think motivating to like, I guess, get up. I guess, if you're reading, like, what's your motivation to like mm-hmm. get up each day? Mm-hmm. Is the fact that my eyes open each day? Mm-hmm. Like my eyes opened, and I was like, I'm getting up. You know, that's. I still have life. Like, Amen. I'm not dead. There's purpose. And if you're, yeah, like, there's still purpose. Like, f- I think you have to find um, purpose outside of just, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, find purpose in, in every single day and every everything. Like, there's there's a reason that your eyes are open. Like, and, and until God's done with you, like, until, when God's done, he'll kill you and take you to heaven, right? <laughs> But, but you, your eyes are open, right? (laughs) 
And so that's, I think that should be yeah. motivation, like the breath in our lungs. And we can't grow ungrateful and unthankful for the gift of life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you breathe and open your eyes that next day, like it's a day to like give thanks mm-hmm. and like I have life. And so gift. I'm motivated to live and to soak up. You know, it's weird how time kind of hits you in a, in a real way of like mm-hmm. my son's nine and our little ones too. And, you know, in between we have some kids in there. Um, and all of a sudden I was hit with like the reality of time. Like, oh my gosh, my son's nine. And in 10 years he could be leaving my house. And so it was like this, I got to soak up as much as I can. Like if my eyes are open and I'm, I'm breathing, we're going to soak up as much as we can of like each other and life. And if I have to stay at my house and I'm stuck here, we're going to shoot BB guns in the backyard. We're going to shoot birds. We're going to have fun. You know, we're, I think that's my personality though. It's gotta be fun. Yeah. Um, and so for me, the motivation is, is my eyes are open mm. and doing what we do and like seeing people like we, we have funerals here and, and dealing with that kind of stuff all the time, you kind of realize like this life, as much as I can complain about it, is such a wonderful gift, especially those like who don't have it anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think if they could do anything, they'd ask for one more day, mm-hmm. um, especially those who don't know Jesus or, or, you know, but those who are in glory, they're like, whatever, I'm not coming back. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for us, like the reality of like, I only have the, I only have so much time and there is an end like that Jesus has marked for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until then I'm going to like, when, if my eyes open, like what a blessing, yeah. what a blessing to live, you know, no matter where I am. Yeah. For me, um, and I'm not going to underestimate it. Like it's been a very refining, uh, time yeah. be, just because my wife and I like our, my daughter's a little older. So there's not that entertainment value built in where, you know, we hang out, we have family time, but, um, it, it can get a little dull if we don't keep things busy. So we'd love to get out. And I think that's probably where a lot of listeners are at, especially if you're single or maybe just a young couple, like your lives revolve around, you go into your work and then you go out or you, you know, you're with a, someone, you're with other people. Boba. Yeah. Boba. All day, every day. Right? If we're passionate about two things here, it's coffee <laughs> and boba. And so I know for the, and I know that those people got hit the hardest because like, yeah. wait, my whole life is out, yeah. you know, being with people, movies, everything. And so for even me, just, just going, I'd like my wife and I will just go maybe a coffee shop in a crowded place or go to a outdoor type of mall. People watch hang. That was just our, our jam, you know? And so even that got shut down for a while. And it really, I had to have a little heart check because I was like, wait, you know, how much entertainment, how much stuff do I need? And it really, like you were talking, it refined my process of, okay, what's life really about? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so again, it almost like life got super spiritual because we like to not, we like to say, oh, don't, don't be too spiritual. But it's like, oh, wait, what's your hoping? Because now you can't do anything. And is life about those things? Are those comforts just something that, and you're like, oh, wait, without them, then what? You know? Yeah. And then you realize people in other countries, you know, uh, especially third world countries, they don't have any of that. No. So they, lit- so they literally have to, s- they live like this all the time. What's mm-hmm. their hope in? What's their purpose in life? And so for me, it was kind of good. It was a heart check. Like, all right, for me as an extrovert and like to be out around people, this is a, this is, this is a real heart check. So, Lord, what what's life really about? What's important? And, and I luckily, I, I caught on. 
few weeks in, <laughs> I caught on. I'm like, no, this is this is what it is. You know, I stopped kicking, and I'm like, all right, let's <laughs> let's let's do this, God. What what do you yeah. have for me? And I didn't just check into you know Netflix or whatever all day long. You know, I didn't I didn't try to distract myself constantly because yeah. that's I think that's the fight is like, am I going to stay distracted or am I going to you know, tune in to what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in my life in this season. Yeah. Um, so for COVID season especially, motivation has really, for me, turned to Jesus. And mm-hmm. I've been talking a lot this podcast about focus on Jesus because that's been my thing. Because yeah. I've realized, well, a lot of my focus, it's on Jesus, but it's also on the comfortabilities of life and what I like to do. And so it got turned to Jesus, which actually I was deepened inside and actually brought a lot more peace Really weird. I mean, that's how it's supposed to work. But usually, <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> the, those things the Bible says. Um, so that was cool for me to go through it, and it's, it was still it was a struggle. Still, even now, sometimes I'll talk yeah. to my my wife and be like, "Hey, you want to cruise up to the, the Spectrum? That's our local big, yeah, you know, outdoor mall of people extravaganza." And um, she's like, "Nah, you still gotta like wear masks, and it's weird, and this stores, and uh, you know, and and so." It's still kind of chill, yeah. but uh, but I've found a lot of a lot of solace in him. Mm. No, no better place. Mm. Yeah, I think if there's one thing that we've learned over this is like God has a funny way of allowing circumstances in mm-hmm. our lives to strip things away from us to show us what we really lean on mm-hmm. and what we really put our trust in. Mm-hmm. You know, not that those things are bad things, but um, you really do like you're, like you're saying, Joel, have a heart check in your life about what. Um, <laughs> As Andrew pours the coffee, I'm second cup. A leak, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that sounded that's right. a lot louder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I was saying, but you're seeing your heart check. And, yes, and yeah, we, we have a heart check away. in our life, Sorry. and God allows that. And you know, God will shake us up. And I think this yeah. year, we, you know it. Everyone knows yeah. it who's been listening. We, this year has been a year of. Of, of like testing of your faith, mm-hmm. of shaking you up, seeing what do you really lean on, what do you mm-hmm. really putting your trust in, and yeah, and um, you know, if there's one motivation or one encouragement that I can give to everyone listening that I personally learned, it was get outside. Mm. Like yeah. you know, yeah. like I mean, I know that we were, you know, like quarantined to like in your house and stuff, and maybe some of you might not be able to like have the freedom of like having, I don't know. But yeah, it's true. But, yeah, but you, you get outside because you said something, Joel. That I I, I think that our generation, um, and I say our generation because I'm like I'm like the, I'm like the tail end of the millennials, <laughs> um, but um, 29. Okay, still in my 20s. Um, <laughs> but one thing that we deal with and is technology is so advanced mm. for us and it's so easy and it's such an easy distraction for us that um, and technology is this amoral thing. You know, it's not bad. It's not good. It can be used for both. Um, but sometimes we can let it consume us and it can cause us to become depressed where you're just binge watching a Netflix show, you're just playing video games, you're just on social media so much that, you know, you ever have those times where you're like, wow, I just spent like an hour, mm-hmm. you know, staring down and I'm, you know. Yeah, my neck know. hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got a cramp in my thumb. Yeah, yeah. My, my arthritis is coming back. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not saying those things are bad, but I'm saying it, we, we were made to be, you know, to experience God in that way. Um, you know, a really, 
I remember a pastor saying, sometimes you need a pastor to preach to you, and sometimes you need creation to preach to you. Mm. And sometimes you mm. need to get out there. You know, I just got back from Yosemite, so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying this like, <laughs> yeah. get like full, full of heart and full of just like so much rest from that awesome camping trip we had. But it's good to get outside, take a yeah. fresh breath of air, remind yourself, you know, to take it slow, to look at nature. And you're like, Jesus told us that, right? When he said, do not worry, he said, look at the birds. Look at the flowers, mm-hmm. yeah. which mm-hmm. was a, this internal thing of saying we so often speed past these things. We don't notice them, but God is telling us, slow down, mm-hmm. n- get outside, notice these things. Look at how mm-hmm. I take care of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let that be your motivation. Aren't you more valuable than those things? Mm-hmm. Don't I care mm-hmm. more about you than those things? You know, and um, I think that's just, it's a good, it's a good sermon. Being yeah. outside. Yeah. It's a good sermon. It's probably yeah. a sermon you need every day. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. go for a walk. Go surfing. Yeah. Go swimming. Go fishing. Like, Hallelujah. Yeah. Leave you your know? phone. Seriously. Yeah. Leave I, like your it's phone a at lost home. art, Did but you? try it. If you listener, if you've never tried it, leave leave your phone at home. Walk around just around the block. It's amazing. You'll see houses and how people yeah. decorate their garden. It's all this stuff. You'll see stuff you've never yeah. noticed and you won't have yeah. any pressure because your phone you can't reach for it. Try it just once. Yeah, just I think that once. needs to be a, a podcast of itself about yeah. your phone. Well, do you, have you guys, I don't know if you read that book, um, Vance Havner's book, Peace in the Valley. It's this little tiny book, but it is, it, every time I read it, he, he talks about, he's an avid bird watcher, but through watching birds, he is taught and given deep revelation of God. And um, one of the things I was reading, and he was talking about how jets, everything, it was like the jet age and everyone was taking planes. And he was taking a train through the country and through the mountains. And he was mm-hmm. like saying how we get places instantly and we think that's how we relate that to our own Christianity. It's like, it's an instant here, there, and we're missing out on mm-hmm. all the beauty of passing okay. through and the winding around. And, it, and this guy was a guy who, who viewed nature and viewed uh, God's creation, and in doing so, he had such a like uh, wonderful motivation in life of like, this is what life's about. God has placed me in this world to view it and to to enjoy it, and and um, it's really a, a great little book if you've never read it. Vance yeah. Havner, Peace in the Valley. There's like two pa- it's two pages, uh, uh, little ep- excerpts every day, and they're it's it's incredible. So yeah, love it. Moving on to our second question of the day. <laughs> this is a great one. This question says, how do you get out of the friend zone? <laughs> There's only two ways out. <laughs> Dude, I, I asked my wife this from a woman's perspective. Because from oh, a guy's okay. perspective, right? We're like, okay, dude, you just, you go in. Like, if you're going to get out, you got to go in. You got to <laughs> declare your love, yeah. right? Yeah, it's true. And then if you get rejected, okay, well then, guess what? You're not friends or, <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. not friends or lovers. It's yeah. out. Game yeah. over. Yeah. I mean, in a way, right? Right. Do you I think, think that's wise for, for a guy like, hey, yeah. if, if the time's right, if, you've, if, you, if you are in that friend zone, you don't know. I think there's the, the times when you're just, you know, you're lying to yourself and it's obvious she doesn't like me or he doesn't like, like it's not there, but you yeah. want it to be there. Like when she's confiding in you about the other guys that she's interested in, and you're like, 
I just want to die. Like yeah. this is the this is what hell will be like. It will be me pining for someone and her telling me about how she's pining. wanting somebody else. And you're like, all right, cool, yeah. It's a constant in, inner turmoil. But yeah, I think you're right. It comes to a point. My wife used to say to you, she's like, if a guy's hanging around with a girl, odds are he doesn't want to be friends. Like he's got lots of other guy friends. <laughs> Like, if I was hanging out with a girl in high school, sure. it's not because I wanted to be friends. I wasn't like, I'm really looking for a female body. It was because, hello, <laughs> I would like to date you. It has yeah. nothing to do with friendship. I got plenty of friends that are guys, and, yeah. and uh, I wasn't looking for female companionship. Um, and so I don't know where this is going. Although there are those. There are, are those like that in happen. Your guys is like in the young adult group now, yeah. ish, in that, that age. Yeah, there's a lot of guys and girls that find themselves in the good group and their frenzies. Yeah, and it's and not it's not bad to have no oh no the opposite no. sex. Like, Sorry, that was bad. just my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad. No, no I but, didn't. But want I a think I think when you know this brings up a really good topic. You know that could be a separate podcast in and of itself. Absolutely. <laughs> Where maybe we just bring in our wives in on this. And yeah. <laughs> Relationship. You have the yeah. real perspective. Jeez, we're asking the wrong people. Yeah. No. but. It, it, you know, in the, you know, the, the interesting thing about the Bible, it doesn't talk about dating, doesn't talk about courting, doesn't, it just talks about being single and being married. Yeah. And, and that interim of like friendship and like, you know, cause when you, when you quote unquote date someone, whatever you might define that as, you know, you are getting to know that person. You are becoming mm. their friend. You're be, you're learning what they like, what they don't like. Ultimately to see if like, Hey, is this somebody that i do you want to spend my time with? Is this somebody that I really am attracted to? Is this somebody that I really could honor Jesus with, could, you know, be on mission with Jesus with? And, um, and you know, and it, and it, and, but it is funny because you, relationships in the church, right, right, I mean, if there's it. one thing that's messy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Awkward. Yeah. Andrew's dealt with tons of counseling. Oh, um, my gosh. In, in this area. Yeah. But I think it's, it, it is true. There, every relationship, it has to be begin in friendship. Like, it's yeah. true. Yeah. I'm still best friends with my wife. She's my best friend. It, it started with us having a common, like, relationship, like where we could actually hang out and be friends, and we like mm-hmm. enjoyed being with each other. If you can't be friends with someone, um, the odds of you staying together are real slim. You know, yeah. what I mean? you don't like the person. If you don't like the person, <laughs> but you're like, they're cute. Uh, you have no other grounds of like relationship, yeah. um, man, it's, it's it, the odds of you staying together are pretty slim. Mm-hmm. And so it is good that things start in friendship. And I think some of the best, um, couples that we've you know talked to is like, they started out as friends and it just kind of blossomed into that. But I think if you're always going into a friendship with the idea of like, this could turn into a relationship, um, how do you get out of the friend zone? Is you got to stop always entering into into friendship relationships with only girls. Start oh, getting some good, guy yeah. friends, and then yeah. you want to <laughs> start getting some guy friends that are godly, and then watch as God brings a girl along instead of always entering, like always going to a girl and like, hey, let's hang. You know, are you new here? You want to hang out or whatever? Or, uh, and always entering into friendship because they're thinking, oh, what a nice friendly guy mm-hmm. who wants to be my friend. Right. So I think you gotta you gotta 
be real cautious about Ooh, how you enter into relationship in the beginning. Um, you need good company. Yeah. You, you know, I, you know, you need a good community. We talked about this in um, Proverbs about wisdom and friendship and wisdom and community. And the beauty of having that those good and I'll say this from I think from a guy's perspective and you could I can even turn it and say if you're a girl and maybe you're asking this or you're thinking this you need good as a guy you need good guy friends okay like just flat out and if you're a girl you need girl friends okay and what and the importance of that is there's accountability in that you're not just flying solo doing this whole dating thing and just kind of like, cause when you fly solo, it's easy for you to dip in and dip out of relationships and friendships and do whatever you want and have nobody keep you accountable. Yeah. Have nobody call you out and say, Hey, that's not really Christ-like or I don't know if you really should be doing that. I don't know if you should be hanging out that late. I don't know if you should be going, you know, really like, you know, and there's that, um, there's that good, obviously godly accountability that, um, that comes to what, like what you were saying, Andrew, getting friends um, of this, in, in a sense, guy friends or girlfriends mm-hmm. um, around you that love you and that love Jesus and that are able to speak truth in your life in that area. Um, but just in that dating, like, let's say you're, let's say you're in that phase where you're, where you're, you're, you're friends with someone of the opposite sex, let's say, you know, and you desire, you're like, I'm, I really like this person how do I get out of this friend zone area? <laughs> like what, you know, there's a really like, I guess Bible verses you can, I mean, there's, you know, Joel's got, I got, Joel's got well, I got, I got you. I, I was, yeah, Joel. I was like, okay, gotta give him something biblical. So, Let's and Romans twelve nine says this, it says, let love be genuine. Mm. And again, for me, that's cool. Cause it's like, don't play games. Let it be genuine. And, and preach. And, and so, you know, don't play games because that's just going to get you more mixed up or mix other people up. So again, honor God and honor each other. What, what would be playing games? Not playing games. What, what are some oh, wow. examples of playing games? Just games would be okay. So chess. let's say let's say you like somebody. Checkers. <laughs> Connect four. There's like you know there's the emotional games we play. Foosball. Yeah. Um, okay, let me follow up with this verse and then we'll talk about playing games because okay. the second verse I had was Proverbs four twenty three. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Mm. And again, it's that you know protecting your heart, keeping it with diligence, and it's like. Okay, if if for some reason your heart again that's at at the at the very start we have to pray just like with the job or anything else. Lord, what's your will? Again, so I'm not just running around looking at every girl's a possibility and the guys not or girls aren't looking at every guy's a possibility for marriage. Like you're you're asking the Lord, what's your will? And that should be your prayer start, to yes. start with, and that'll keep you, yeah. you know, and that'll help keep your heart where it's supposed to be. And from like, oh man, I want more than this, and so. Your brothers and sisters, that's how it is. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and, and ask for him to bring that special person to you and make it obvious. And to make it obvious to them. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing that's that a big one. as his will, then it's like, <laughs> oh, wow, God, you know, this guy who I like came up and asked me out. That's pretty good yeah. how it's working rather than having it be so off balance. Right. And if you're in that part where it's very off balance, where you're like just madly in love with this person and you can't really, like they, they kind of treat you like a, brother or sister and you, you, know, you want more Punching you don't play a ton of games where it's like oh, i'm gonna like not even talk to you and see if you come right don't let your heart get caught up in that yeah you know and if you need to you know maybe remove yourself from that situation like sit on the other side of the church and just not go there don't let your heart yeah. be caught up if you can't help it 
Don't let yeah. don't let your heart be caught up in that. Protect your heart, mm-hmm. and then and you that'll yeah. also reveal like wow that person you know maybe they didn't know and maybe God's developing that in them and you disappear for a while they follow you and say yeah. hey now they ask you out but you know be intentional I like that genuineness yeah if you're a guy and you like a girl be genuine yeah. and say I really like yeah. you and, and the Lord's and yeah defining terms yeah for sure yeah DTR like, yeah like define the relationship yep. DTR <laughs> DTR, DTR like, hey, right now <laughs> if a guy says like hey would you like to you want to hang out. You, if your intention is like, I would like to go on a date with you, yeah. but you say like, hey, you want to hang out? And, and and girls need to cue in too. If, if he says you want to hang out and you're the only one who's hanging out, it's just you and him hanging out. Mm-hmm. Notice that his intention is like, hey, let, it's not like, let's just get to know each other as friends. It's like, we, I want to go on a date. Yeah. But it's it's important that like the guy or whoever initiates it you can you can really set yourself up to be just friends by saying like, "Hey, you want to hang out um, with with um, not being intentional yeah. with your words, yeah, right, right." Just like being straightforward of like, "Hey, I I'm interested yeah. in you," you know, and, and yeah. understanding like if you show up to a date to get coffee and it's just you two, that's a that's a that, date. That's it's a not date. a hangout. That's that's a date in my book anyway. If I you know, yeah. it should be. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, it's, and it's, it's so complicated, you know, cause it's like, I mean, put yourself in that, like, you know, I mean, we've all been single, we've all been in that place before, you know, and like, yeah. like, how do you come across to somebody and say like, I want to get to know you, but you don't want to creep them out and say, do you want to be my future wife? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do what I did. You know, <laughs> I wrote Lauren a note. In second period, and I was like, "Do you like me?" And I put the little boxes. Yeah, he did. Wire Check it. And, and she hit yes, so it kind of opened the door. So you could always go that route too. Could go that yes. route, and that's yeah. honest. That's genuine, right <laughs> hey, there. You know what? But there's there's something to be said. I like what we're getting right there. There's something to be said about being truthful. Yeah. About being genuine, because I think like what we've been talking about, you can play that game yeah. of like dancing around the subject and like, oh, and all that does is that sets your hopes hopes up for mm, you you know and then that's where other godly friends come yeah. in and they can see they're not blinded by emotions they mm. can see truth and you know girls you need that girlfriend to come into your life and be like he's not that into you yeah <laughs> yeah he's not that into you he's not that into you or a guy just be like hey bro like stop yeah just stop just okay. stop yeah. and and that's yeah. okay and that's okay and sometimes we need that yeah. yeah because the truth is our emotions can carry us mm. and can make us believe things and yeah. if we're if we're not genuine with that person if we're not honest and it hasn't come to that place where we're like hey where you're able to dtr define the relationship or be like hey mm-hmm. i'm i'm really interested in you or you know do you guys find it funny that we're actually talking about being truthful in the situations when it's like <laughs> Mm, yeah. And that mm, mm. that's probably what we should be Shouldn't, in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Everything else we're like, oh yeah, with your boss, with money, or something. Right. Yeah, be truthful. Yeah. Don't lie to your spouse. Don't lie to your teacher. Oh. Yeah. But in our own these relationships, like, wait, why do we play these games? That's a great question as to why. And 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 here's why I think Drop why. it, Andrew. Okay. Drop it. Give it to us. Because if you're gonna be honest, there's a an, a mm. vulnerability mm. Yeah. that you are now opening yourself up to being hurt. And if you can keep things vague, mm-hmm. you can pretend like it doesn't bother you or that it wasn't, it's not, it's not more than what it was. Mm-hmm. So you're, it's a protecting thing. It's like a wall thing. True, it's a, true, very it's, true. Yeah. It's you're protecting yourself from yeah. getting hurt yeah. by never being truly honest or mm-hmm. outgoing because yeah. 
to be honest and get rejected, that hurts a lot that more hurts. than just kind of like this vague, right. undefined, Drag like, oh, uh, yeah. And it's actually, you're, now you're, you're shutting yourself up. But in order to find like true love and like mm-hmm. actually, you have to become vulnerable with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Sooner Otherwise, later. you'll never find yeah. it. You know, it'll, it won't happen. True. So and it's either, yeah, it's either yeah. go in or get this long yeah. tormented yeah. drawn you're out. You're saying yeah. the love grenade. You have to like, at some point, pull, pull <laughs> you got to pull, pull the, the pin. pin. <laughs> pull the, stay out of the friend zone. Pull the pin. <laughs> <laughs> stay out. Yeah. How do you get out of the friend zone? Don't go don't, in. Don't go in. Don't go in. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's so true. And you know what? I, oh, man. But it's hard. No one likes getting heartbroken. No one likes getting rejected. You know, no one likes that feeling. Um, that's just life, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, um, and hey, like, if that person has voiced out their opinion to you, like, hey, not really that... You know, and you're like, mm-hmm. well, ma- maybe oh, well. it's like, mm-hmm. I'll just hang in there. I'll you know wear what? them down. That, this is, yeah, <laughs> this is where, this is where it's, you know, I think as a, as a Christian who's asking this question, yeah. you really have to check your heart mm-hmm. and remind yourself of your first love yeah. of Christ. Yeah. Because all of us are married and we're super grateful for our wives. Oh but one thing gosh, that I've yes. learned is my wife doesn't complete me. She does a great job at complimenting me, yeah. and and God has brought her, and she's a huge help in my life. I would, do, I don't know where I would be without her. She's great compliment in my life, but Jesus completes my mm-hmm. heart, and and when He has your first love, it, it'll hurt to get rejected, but you have that greater hope of yeah. of of Christ, of your relationship with the Lord, and um, and of you know, and and of moving on too. I think like you're not gonna find the person. Yeah. If you're hung up on somebody who's telling you, oh, right. yeah. no, yeah. and you're like, but what if we're, and yeah. you're like, no. Yeah. You just. You have to be able to yeah. accept it. And then that's where you trust in the sovereignty of God. Yeah. It's like, you have to take a step of faith in a direction towards like a person. As the door gets closed, it's like, okay, well, then that's not the one. Yeah. And I know God has, has somebody for me. Yeah. And so it's and, okay. It's and okay. that's where your friend group comes in. Yeah. They're supportive, you know. And if you and, don't have friends, think about this. If Girls, if you only hang out with guys, you will have no bridesmaids. That's true. <laughs> guys, if you only hang out with girls, you will have no best. Like, there's no yeah, one standing your next uncle. to you. <laughs> you don't want yeah. your uncle. It's just there. you and your weird uncle who's, yeah. you know. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> exactly. So, like you're saying, it's so important, like, Wisdom. to have friends and um, and to do life like that with, with friends. So. That's good advice. It's a good question coming from Andrew, our young adults pastor, or mainly our singles, mm-hmm. and then our young couples. Yep. Yeah. So it's like looking to transition from young adults into yeah. young couples. I'm here to get you married. Yeah. <laughs> and Joel's here to keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> keep it healthy. Keep the fire. Keep going. it healthy. <laughs> yep. Let's go. Throw another log on the fire. I love it. I love it. And you know, too, with your wife. Do you ever get out of the friend zone? They should be your best friend. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You want to eventually be there. Yeah. But, yeah. You want to marry your you, best friend. Yeah. Marry your best friend. And Don't, so you yeah. are in that. You 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 stay in that. And that's, in a sense, yeah. like the friend zone, it, it's like. It turns out. It doesn't move to just this place of where it's, you know. You, yeah. you should marry your best friend. Yeah. You should. I mean, you look at Song of Solomon, they fall in love with each other's souls before they ever fall in love with each other's bodies. And that continues throughout the entirety of your of your marriage is like you're falling in love with a soul yeah not just right. a human like a, a body mm-hmm. and so if you can't love the soul and you're not friends with that person on on the deepest level then 
bodily and things like that, it doesn't matter how, how physically attractive they are. If there's no connection that's deeper than that, it, it eventually it's, it's just not gonna, mm-hmm. it's not gonna follow suit. So yeah. if you read Song of Solomon, it's amazing the way that they fall in love is, is through communication and talking and friendship and, and all that. So yeah, you, you gotta be friends, man. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. Nice. <laughs> you had me in hello. <laughs> you can <do> <laughs> I don't even. All right. <laughs> all right. We could say so much more on it. But there's more. Yeah, there's more, but we'll save. Our last question for today is. Yeah is a really good question. I'm, we're really thankful for these honest questions, guys. And um, this question says, is it wise to go on with normal life, dating, getting married, having kids, when this world is as dark as it is now and coming to an end? And then they reference Matthew 24, verse 19, which I think I know what it says, but I'm just going to read it real quick. So... And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in, in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on Sabbath. Basically saying, woe to those who are, who are pregnant during um, the times of tribulation, really. That's what this passage is. The great tribulation. Great, yeah. great tribulation. So, is it wise to go on with normal life with how this world is playing out? <laughs> yeah. Where are your investments going? Should you... Stocks are they are they plummeting? Right? Should we? <laughs> I'm gonna say it's not only wise; it's mandated. Ooh. I think one. Okay, you ready? I'm, just, I'm gonna drop oh. a few references and let you smart people take over. <laughs> Luke 19, 12 through 13. Jesus said this, and he's talking about he's talking about his kingdom right now. He set it up as a business owner. Blah blah blah. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and Mm, said to them, engage in business till I come. Yeah. Boom. And he's saying, that's his point. Till I come back, engage in business. And the one that didn't, check this out. He said, um, and then they came back. He said, here's a mina. Here's, I did this with it. And the one that said, Lord, here's your mina, which I just kept it laid away in a handkerchief. I didn't do anything. I didn't engage in business. For I was afraid of you because you're a severe man. He said... um, and he said, you take what, uh, yeah, he said, so he said to him, the business owner said, I condemn you with your, your I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. Like, you, you yourself said you didn't do anything. What, you know, like you condemned yourself. Um, and then again, the, the other reference I have is Matthew 5, 13 through 16, salt and light. He says, you're the salt of the earth. So no matter how dark it gets, right, and no matter how, how distasteful, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out, trampled under people's feet. And you are a light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That was Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And I got another one, but I'll save that for later. So if you're like, if people are condemning you as you're, you're posting pictures of you painting your, your inside of your house or your apartment, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. And they're like, don't you know that the world is going to end? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, Oh my gosh, dude. If there's any, yeah, it's like, I think that's ridiculous that people are 
condemning others for enjoying their life or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Matthew 24 is a really interesting passage that to reference that because it's talking about when his disciples ask him those two questions, like what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Two separate things. Two separate mm-hmm. things. Signs so, of the coming. Signs of coming and, and the end of the age. So those are two specific questions. Jesus describes signs that they will see of his second coming, but they are not specific, the specific sign of his second coming. Now, the second coming of Christ is a different event than the rapture of the church, which we find throughout scripture, the, the, the mm-hmm. taking up of the saints from, from the earth. And mm-hmm. so That's a good when we talk about the second coming, we're talking about Jesus planting his foot upon the Mount of Olives. It's splitting in two and the coming of, of the wrath that is to come, which is the great tribulation. And, and he references the specific sign of his second coming and the end of the age is the abomination that brings about desolation, which means... Um, in AD 70, there was a, a, a Roman leader uh, that came into the temple and sacrificed a pig on the altar, which is a major no-no. And it was like this reference point of like, this is the abomination. And that they thought that this is the, the fulfillment of that as the town was ruined and all of that, as it was destroyed. But there is a, fufi- a future fulfillment where the Antichrist himself will walk into the rebuilt temple, the third temple rebuilt in Israel on the temple mount where he's brought peace amongst the, the warring area of the, of, of the Holy Land. He'll bring peace to the world. He will rebuild the Jewish temple. This is post-rapture, right? Post-rapture. Now, if you're a pre-trib rapture believer, that and that's what we are, that's yeah. what we're, we're saying here. This is the sign. He will walk into the temple and demand to be worshipped as God. That is the specific sign of his second coming where he will return um, and set his foot upon the Mount of Olives. Now, the rapture happens somewhere between the ascension of Christ and anywhere in there, like any, any time, like he can come tomorrow, today, that, that, this part of the great tribulation that he's talking about here of woe to those who are nursing babies in the time in which he steps upon the earth, because that three and a half years is three and a half years of peace. And in this middle part of the tribulation, which brings about the great tribulation, this is where hell is unleashed on earth. Mm-hmm. The church yeah. is not here. When, they, when we ask this question, when you look at getting married, having kids, getting married and the family and things like that all speak of God. Mm-hmm. And so absolutely we should. Absolutely, we should continue to live our life, get married, have children, be in, you know, be about the kingdom, invest in business, do do what you're going to do, live your life because Christ is coming back, and we need to live among the people that don't know Jesus. In the way that we live our life as Christians, the way that we treat our wives, the way that we love our kids, the way that we do all these things, speaks of a loving and creating God, and it's how we are light in the darkness. Yes. So if, if I can just break down what you were kind of saying, maybe make it a little bit clearer. There are signs mm-hmm. of the tribulation. Yes. The tribulation hasn't come yet, but there are signs of the tribulation. We read about them in, Jesus talks about them here in Matthew 24, right? He says there's um, the signs of the end of the age where he talks about um, there's going to be earthquakes and there's going to be yeah. pestilence and there's going to be rumors of wars, wars happening throughout the world. Um here, I'll, I'll read the verse that, that it says specifically. It says, um, 
Many will come in my name, this is Jesus, saying that I am the Christ. So people are going to come and say they're false messiahs, which we have yeah. already. And they'll lead many astray. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Yeah. And so we see that these are just the signs of the end. So yes. there's those that, were, which we could even say today, we're seeing those today. Yeah. I mean, if 2020 has awakened the church to anything, yeah. is that Jesus is coming soon. Since, yeah. since the ascension of Christ, this has taken place. Like those things have happened mm -hmm. since the ascension of Jesus from the earth in back into heaven. Mm -hmm. We've seen those things happening. Yeah. And, and the word and, you use, birth pangs. Yes. And that's, that's a trigger word. Like just as a woman, like you know, she's pregnant for a while and you see these things. So people say, oh, there's been earthquakes. But then with birth pangs, it gets it gets progressively quicker. And, and I think over the last 20 years, we've seen just crazy things. Um, the earth seismos is the word there for earthquakes and things and just different crazy things as far as um tsunamis and stuff that we never grew up with um and, and then you see all these other wars rumors of wars pestilence pestilence hello just crazy diseases you're like what again we didn't grow up with these and they're getting quicker and quicker now every year there's just something and so that's a trigger word also people are like really jesus coming back yeah he's coming back because yeah. that and be looking for it um but yeah. continue continue and, and so so those are signs Mm -hmm. And then you said there's something different, which is the, um, how, how did you word it? So there's the signs of the end, and then there's the end of the age. Or, the end of or, the age. Yeah, we're, or we're the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ. Second coming of Christ. So that is, yeah. that is when, where we believe here, the rapture of the church is going to take place, and that's going to start the seven years of tribulation, which are we read about in, mm -hmm. in Revelation. During those seven years of tribulation, where it's going to get really crazy bad here during those seven years the church we believe the church is raptured before that so the church as christians mm -hmm. we're taken away and so three and a half years it gets really bad a man will rise to place to bring peace amongst the craziness a false sense of peace he's going to bring peace amongst the nations he's going to be very charismatic yeah. he's going to um rebuild the Jewish temple in Israel. Israel is going to be a focal point in mm -hmm. Revelation in the end times. He's going to rebuild that. Three and a half years happens. Once the temple's rebuilt, then he's going to turn on the Jews, Revelation says. He's going to sit upon that throne in the new temple, the rebuilt temple, and he's going to say, worship me as God. And at that moment is going to start the last three and a half yeah. um, years of the tribulation, which are called the great tribulation yeah. and then it's going to get even worse and and it's at that time that that here this verse is referenced alas yeah. woe to you who he's speaking to those um jesus is speaking to those woe to you who when you see the antichrist sit upon the throne and say worship me as god woe to you who are you know you know, he, he lists a, a lot of different stuff. He says, you know, if you're on the house, don't go down. If you're in the field, don't turn back. Um, if you're pregnant, woe to you who are nursing in those days. Pray, you know, all, all these great things for the great tribulation is, is, is here. Jesus yeah. is, is coming and, and it, this is the sign of the end of the age. Mm -hmm. And so we aren't there yet. No. So we aren't there yet. We're just experiencing the signs of the times. Mm -hmm. We're just experiencing mm -hmm. the signs of, mm -hmm. of the age. And so we... Um, uh, so then what 
what I'm kind of getting from both of you guys is we're mandated to continue to image yeah. God. Yeah. And one of the ways that we image God is through marriage, is through life. Jesus, I mean, or God gave that command to go forth and multiply, yep. right? Um, and, and marriage is a beautiful picture of Christ and the church to the world. It's a great testimony of the gospel to um, the world. And so we continue in doing these these things ultimately to fulfill that. I mean, that's in a sense a fulfillment of the Great Commission because your, your wife and your kids or vice versa, your husband and your kids, they're... You're, you're, in a sense, making disciples. Mm-hmm. You're going there for and making disciples. Mm-hmm. And so we continue to do these things. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember a, fr- a friend of mine um, told Emma and I before we got married, this was three years ago when we were engaged, and he was kind of telling us, he's like, man, I know the world's getting crazy. He's like, but you guys continue, like, get married, have kids. Like, you know, he's like, always remember that. The Christians during the the persecution of Nero, when they, where they were getting mm. lit up like candles, yeah. they're being crucified. He's like, they kept the faith alive by by um, reproducing, by yeah. by getting married and still continuing on and passing the baton on. Yeah, same in the Book of Exodus. Yes, they're enslaved. They increased more and more and more. Yeah, and yeah. S- and so there's this need to like, hey, we still got to keep being Christians. We don't yeah. just kind of like doomsday prep, bunk, hunker down and just, you know, stop yeah. um, being in the world. Oh, for sure. I think that our, you know, we've never been called to look at what's going on around us and act accordingly. God's always said, focus on me and, and do my, here's my commission for you guys. Yeah. Um, and again, I think it's, it's hard sometimes because we watch these shows where people are bunkering down, um, but they're thinking about themselves. And God's always called us to put others first, wow. you know, Jesus, mm-hmm. others, yourself, joy. But, um, <laughs> and again, even, and in Peter, so in Second Peter, same thing, that the church was like, wait, everything's going to melt with fire. You know, he's talking about the very end. And, and they're like, well, should we just bunker down? And I loved what um, Dave Jeremiah said uh, in my study Bible. He said, Peter does not suggest that believers head for the hills, adopt a fortress mentality, and start stockpiling food and weapons. Instead, he a- asks... Since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought to be ought you to be and conduct yourselves in godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. As Peter sees it, end time Christians are called to do one thing. They are to practice holiness and do good to others wherever and whenever they can. They are supposed to do work they're supposed to work the works of God while it is still day, which is John 9, 4. And Paul says, um, seems to have this have been thinking the same way when he wrote to the Galatians in 6.10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of the faith. So it's yeah. like, again, it's just, yeah, I get it. It's hard sometimes not to focus on us and what's going on around, but it's like, go to the opposite. You know, have courage and be like, no, this is this is the best time to shine. Mm-hmm. I think it's a cool that word hastening. Like you can actually mm. speed it up. Mm. We can actually speed it up by making disciples and, and sharing the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, and yeah. and I think sometimes you know talking about the end of the world, um, it can be a scary subject to talk yeah. about. You know, I know some, but for us as Christians, we have to remind ourselves that um, that Jesus is coming to make all things mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. You know that. Um, He's coming to set the world right. 
to, in a sense, to um, the way that it was originally supposed to be in Eden, perfection and beauty mm. and peace and communion with God. And that's what Jesus has been fighting for and has been mm-hmm. pushing towards in him coming to the cross and him commissioning the church with the Holy Spirit, leading up to once again, a regained paradise, a, yeah. in a sense, a redeemed, a new world, a new Jerusalem, a new heaven, a new earth, a place where all things will be made new, where Jesus, I mean, Revelation is kind of scary when you read it, but when you read the end of the book, it's beautiful because you see that it says that he will wipe away every tear mm-hmm. from our faces. There will be no more death, the thing that some sometimes people fear the most. We've, there'll be no more sin. There'll be no more sickness, no more pain. You know, it speaks of a river, the river um, flowing from the temple of God, that the tree of life, which has its leaves and its fruit, bring healing to the nations. This beautiful picture and imagery of peace and the new kingdom, this garden city that God creates, um, that rebuilds for his people to be in communion with them. And, and I think it's good to remind ourselves that mm-hmm. this is all leading to that. You know, it is crazy. Sin has caused the world to get crazy. And, but that is not the end. Mm. Our end is, you know, Jesus said, I have come that they may have joy and joy more abundantly. Yeah. You know, and that's what the end goal is. Dude, I love, I, that's, that's so rich, Zach. I love, cause you just took the beginning of the, the podcast. We're talking about doubt. And just wrapped it up at the end with like the ultimate doubt is is pretty much death and loss of hope. And the, the ultimate hope is, well, forever and ever, you know, Jesus come back, his kingdom forever. That's, that's, the, that's the ultimate hope. And if you can if you can hold on to that one, your eternal hope and glory, yeah. then all these little doubts will kind of start to yeah. fade. Yeah. It gives you motivation during COVID season. Yeah. That'll motivate you to keep going. Mm-hmm. And it also gets you out of the friend zone. <laughs> so you're like, dude, I... <laughs> Time is short. <laughs> sure. Are we going to do this or not? <laughs> like, you can go back tomorrow. Like, Spread the kingdom. Why are, we, why are we waiting? Yeah. Did we just come full circle of that? It did. Full circle. It all makes sense now. Wow. Uh, yeah, so... Um, we, we have, a, I think we as Christians, we got to remember we're called to be salt, we're called to be light. We have a great commission given by Jesus to preach the gospel, to go therefore and make disciples, to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And um, that's our goal. We can't be sidetracked from that. Um, Jesus has called us to that, and we want to be found faithful to it. We want to be found faithful to, to doing that. And we can do that by, like this question asks, dating by getting married, by having kids, by, mm-hmm. you know, businesses, starting, studying yeah. in school. I like that, what you said about the, the parable of the talents, because, you know, I think sometimes the tendency can be like, no, I just want to hide my talent. I want to hunker down. I want to, you know, kind of protect and be selfish. But we got to remember that, hey, since Jesus is coming back, we want to have, um, we want to, what have we done with what he's given us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what have we, have we been faithful? Have we been um, resourceful with what he had. Have we been um, resourceful with what he's entitled us to do? Mm-hmm. Stewarded us with. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Don't waste it. Thank you guys for answering these questions with us, Joel. Thank you for for being here with us, Such man. A pleasure. Always, pleasure. always a blessing. Always funny. We love it, man. We <laughs> Jesus love loves it. you. Yeah. And if you're if you're listening right now and you're mm-hmm. you're getting out of that friend zone and you're getting into that young couple zone, <laughs> talk to Joel. <laughs> He'd love to get you connected and uh, get in that group. But thanks again, guys. <laughs>
for or if you're single and hey. you're looking to mingle hey and thursday nights thursday nights <laughs> we're not a singles group okay you can come to refuge if you're married if you're dating we encourage that i'm there i, I bring judd yeah he, he hangs around it's all good. he's a super young adult Super. Extremely he's young. Very young adult. adult. Yeah. He's in great <laughs> nursery style. Yeah. But um, thanks for listening, guys, to Lightning Rounds. And thanks for sending in those honest questions. Um, if you have any more questions, we'd love to hear them. Send them into our Instagram. That's kind of where we get most of our traffic. You can find us at, at refuge underscore SJC. Um, so send those in. And leave us also, too. Maybe if you're listening to this and you like you liked what you heard or you're stoked on, on listening to these things, leave, leave us a good review on uh, the podcast app. That really helps us out. We'd really appreciate um, that. But um, I don't know if there's any last words that any of you guys have for anyone out there. Last kind of uh, send off. Press on. Press on. Yeah. Par- parlez-vous français. <laughs> <laughs> That's full circle right there. there. Yeah. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> All right. God bless you guys. See ya.